Once again, it's time for And Now the Good News, a weekly exploration of the good news happening in the world. Hi, I'm your host, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and each week I explore and share the stories of hope and love and inspiration that have caught my eye in the past week. We'll explore exactly how we can create a world that works better for everyone. So get ready, it's time. And now, the good news. And hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you here. Episode number 70 of And Now the Good News. This weekly look at the stories that remind me we really are creating a world that works better for everyone and that I believe you'll find worth sharing with your friends and family as well. Good news this week coming out of Upper Alberta, Northern Alberta, way up there actually. Uh, Three Nations Energy has just opened the largest indigenous-owned solar farm in Canada. Supplying 2.2 megawatts of solar electricity for First Nation tribes, the intent is to decrease the reliance of the community on diesel-fired plant uh, that has been working for generations and is ready to be done. Uh, <laughs> so, the Athabasca Chippewyan First Nation, the Miccosoo Cree First Nation, and the Fort Chippewa Metis Association, and I do hope I'm pronouncing those properly for everyone, uh, came together to create this solar farm. And the quote that they were sharing, we work with the sun, we work with the wind, we work with Mother Nature, and we work the water for the children of the future to give them a better life, a cleaner life. Now, the community is just over a thousand people. Uh, They've put up 5,700 solar panels, and that'll contribute about 25% of the community's power ban uh, demand. Excuse me. Uh, The renewable energy is generated and will be equivalent to about 800,000 liters of diesel or 2,300 tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere that we're not sent. This is great. Indigenous people must have an equity stake in resource projects if there's going to be a healthy future for our vital resources industry. And that was Alberta's Minister of Indigenous Relations, Rick Wilson, who said that. Good work, good work, good work. You know, this switch to clean and renewable energy is necessary across the entire planet and it's happening everywhere and this next story really kind of caught me a uh, 27 year old Carvey Aaron uh, Magoo I, I, I know I'm probably not saying that one properly from uh, Mapua University in the Philippines that was a mouthful for me I apologize uh, but what this young man did is he's created a plastic polymer out of farm waste, rotting food, stuff like that, which in and of itself is not the most exciting part of this story. The exciting part is what he creates absorbs UV light and converts that light into visible light that then generates electricity. Yeah. So solar panels can only capture light and convert visible light into, right? This is, he's using ultraviolet rays. So it doesn't matter if the sun's shining bright or if it's cloudy. This will still generate electricity. 
And what happens is the particles in this material he's building, he's created, absorb the UV lights and that causes them to glow. As the particles rest, they remove that excess energy, the glow, and this excess energy bleeds out of the material as visible light, which can then be transformed into electricity. Following along? His current prototypes are doing this on windows, external building structures. And this is such promising technology that he won the coveted 2020 Dyson Award for this. James Dyson, the founder and chief designer at Dyson, said, As a farmer, I see great potential in Carvey's technology to generate clean, clean renewable energy. The company conserves space using pre-existing structures, utilizing current resources and waste streams, and supports local agriculture communities. His bright idea to use upcycled crop waste develops a closed-loop system. This element of his invention is particularly clever and shows the durability and shows the close link between farming and technology. Carvey himself said, winning the James Dyson Award is both a beginning and an end. It marks the end of years of doubting whether my idea would find global relevance. I want to create a better form of renewable energy that uses the world's natural resources, is close to people's lives, forging achievable paths and rallying towards a sustainable and regenerative future. And he plans to use the $40,000 prize money to further develop his invention. Congratulations, Carver. Carvey. Congratulations, Carvey. Good work out there. Keep it up. We're going to check back in on that story, I'm sure, again and again and again. And wow, hey, you know, we have had a number of stories in the midst of this COVID pandemic of renewed life and regenerated life. This next one, <laughs> a rare plant has risen from the dead uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, in what's known as a ghost pond. Uh, a rare grassy grass poly and uh, known as grass poly, the plant known as grass poly, it sports a pinkish white petals, and it was found on an old farmland pond in the English countryside. Now, Professor Carl Sayer found it, he took a picture, and sent it to his friend Dr. Joe Palmenter, who's a botanist. Here's the fun part: it's been a hundred years since there's been a sighting of this plant. So what they're concluding is that a seed must have laid dormant and uh, when some restoration work on the pond happened and, and it just created the perfect soil conditions, the seed finally germinated and life. Coming back from the dead, they say. These ponds uh, in, uh, are the perfect place for an old seed to go dormant, it seems. There's great pictures of it here over on uh, the Good News Network, which is where I get most of my stories, and I'll make sure I leave links for you so you can see that on your own. Great-looking little flower. Staying with our wildlife th theme for a moment, a story that's rather close to my heart. I lived in Utah for many, many years, and during that time, there is a notoriously just terrible section of highway for animal crossings, and we're talking animals of all sorts. And a handful of years back, the Utah Highway Department decided they were going to look at how to build a wildlife bridge over this major interstate highway, over Route 80. 
we've reported on this before when it opened, and this is not uh, solely to this area. This happens and has been happening in a number of places in Europe specifically. There's a few. Well, the beauty of it is there's a video here, and I can't wait for you to see it. The video shows all types of animals, mountain lions, cougars, bobcats, deer, elk, moose, bear. Did I mention mountain lions? And they're using this overpass much, much sooner than, they, uh, than the officials had originally intended. Now, back in 2016, 2017, there were 46 deer, 14 moose, four elk, and other uh, unnumbered wildlife that died on that highway. All these animals now are being are starting to use this bridge, and the UDOT spokesman says not only are accidents down considerably, uh, but they they think the wildlife is moving more freely within its range from one side of the highway to the other, which is exactly why it was built. Good news, good news for the wildlife in Utah. Again, I'll make sure I leave links for all of these stories in the show notes so you can look at these yourself. Here's another one, technology, wow. For visually impaired folks, running is not exactly the easiest sport especially considering most runners like to run alone. Now, it can be done with a guide and with help. And now, it can be run with an app. Yep, an app. Thomas Panic uh, lost his sight to a genetic disorder in his 20s, but he's never given up his love of running. And he has developed an app that helps people that are blind run and he tested it through a five mile run through Central Park in New York City. Project Guideline app for the first time. This is the first time he's tried it. Project Guideline app. There's a video here of him and it's rather fascinating. Penick says he believes humans are born to run and he's gifted with the kind of vision that strives to make sure that no one who shares his dream gets left behind. Right on, right on, right on. Congratulations, Thomas. Great work. Keep on keeping on. Keep the running going. The app reads the road and, and feeds him information. I love it. Hey, here's another really good one. Oh man, this one has, has the ability to change everything. Because what we know is deforestation, specifically in the Amazon and giant rainforests, is a major problem on the planet. Now, one of the major reasons for deforestation is palm oil. If you haven't heard about palm oil, ugh, I don't want to get started. It's not a fun, it's not a fun thing. Uh, yeah, it makes some food taste good and, it, and it's used widely in our processed and pre-prepared food, but it's not doing the planet any good. Well, a couple of scientists in Canada, I seem to say that a lot, two Canadian food scientists have created a replacement for palm oil. It replicates how the body creates triglycerides and can hold liquid vegetable fats in a solid form at room temperature. These are all the advantages that palm oil has. 
It could be used as a replacement. There's still some work being going on, but everything um, looks really, really promising. Good work, gentlemen. Good work. There's more science here than, I, than I'm sharing. I'll let you read that on your own. But just know that there are great minds everywhere working on all of the perceived problems and concerns on our planet. And palm oil served us when we needed it. And now that we can move beyond it, let's move beyond it. Gratitude for what it brought into our world and our lives when it did. And now we can do better. And here's good news coming out of England. A new way to recycle asbestos. Yes, we can recycle asbestos. Companies called Thermal Recycling, they're in the West Midlands town of Wolverhampton in the UK, and they take asbestos, remove it from the cement it's mixed in, and turn chrysolite asbestos into a material that is no more harmful than the cement that it came from. Now, asbestos was included in a lot of things because of its um, belief that it was a great, and it was, an electrical insulator and uh, known for insulation as well and stuff like that. But it's really hard to get rid of, and it's really hard to clean up. And if you get those particles in your lungs, it can be deadly. Well, Thermal Recycling has found a way. He, uh, the chairman, Graham Gould, noted at the opening of their test plant, we can't continue putting asbestos in landfill sites for future generations to deal with. They were also awarded the Innovative UK Smart Grant, which they'll use to identify the exact best use for the post-asbestos cement material that's left over. Take the material, pull out the asbestos, deal with it, have new material. Now we're going to figure out what we do with the new material. Keeps it out of our lungs, keeps it out of our air. Let's keep investing and seeing where this one takes us. Good work, gentlemen. Good news coming out of the UK. Hey, here's one for us. Another successful vertical farming startup is push, pushing the future of farming skyward. Literally. The group, the company's called Plenty. They have a two-acre indoor vertical farm and it produces the same amount of food as a 720-acre flat farm. And they do it with 95% less water. Okay, listen to that. Two acres versus 720 acres, 95% less water. This is going to be a game changer. Uh, Plenty is set to supply fresh produce for over 400 Albertson stores in California. That's a good start. Check this story out. The company's method for growing greens like baby kale and lettuce on a giant vertical on these giant vertical racks and those racks are moved around so that they get so there's there's it's not just sitting there right so there's robots that are moving these racks and allowing the water to be used most effectively coming from the top and and watering plants all the way down the, down the line. Really cool stuff here. Check out the story over at the Good News Network. Links are in the show notes. Hey, just a couple more before we go today. And these are my favorite type of 
human interest stories and and uh, and good news by people in the world. This first story is of a couple in New Zealand, and um, they've donated their farming property to the state, mostly to ensure that it's enjoyed by future generations. Dick and Julian Jardine handed over a 22-acre, 2,200-acre property to the Queen Elizabeth II National Trust, quote, for the benefit and enjoyment of all New Zealanders. Really cool stuff. The land has been in the family for almost 100 years. And we've been endeavored in to, to improve and endure it over this time, said Mr. Jardine. He's grateful to have QE2 National Trust as the caretaker of this land. And speculation is that he gave up a lot of money to do this. That this property would have been worth quite a hefty fortune. And not, preserved it for all humanity. Thank you, Dick. Thank you, Jillian. Good people in the world doing good work. And this next one's another one of those anonymous good good news stories. We've heard a handful of these over the pandemic. This one happened uh, just the other day, late November, November 22nd. A gentleman walked into the Cleveland jazz joint Night Town, ordered a Stella Artois, and asked for the check. And then uh, it just so happened that the owner, Brendan Ring, was behind the bar that night, wished the man well, and started to leave. Well, Ring chases him out the door and says, wait, wait, wait. The guy says, nope, nope, that's right. The number's right. Share it with your staff. I don't want any attention. $3,000 tip on top of a $7 bar tab. Last call on a, on a November evening. Sir, if you happen to hear this broadcast, congratulations. Part of what reminds me that we are living in a world where there is a continuous and generous sharing of the resources in our life and in our world. And that is part of something I'm looking forward to. A world that works for everyone includes a world where there is a generous and continuous sharing of our resources. Thank you again, sir, for being a part of that. All right, folks, I'm Reverend Robert. I'm out of here for this week. I'll be back again next week with more good news stories. Remember, if you hear of a good news story you'd like us to cover on the program, send us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. That's goodnews at ntmedia.org. On behalf of everyone here at the New Thought Media Network, I'm Reverend Robert. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being part of the good news. Until next time, peace and blessings. You've been listening to And Now the Good News, a part of the New Thought Media Network, available exclusively at New Thought Radio. Join us, patreon.com forward slash New Thought Radio. Positively inspiring. <laughs>